Okay, lay to your feet. Let's, let's worship the Lord. Let's honor the Holy Spirit right now. Let's just love on Jesus right now. Love on the Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We want you to fill this place tonight. Lord, we're desperate more. God, in all of our areas of ministry and assignment, we've come to the end of ourselves. Lord, we know that you're leading us to greater enlargement, greater works, Lord, greater sensitivity. And Holy Spirit, we just tell you we love you and we need you. We never want to take you for granted. Even tonight, we roll out the red carpet for you. Where would we be without you? Lord, we don't want to try moving ahead in this hour without your presence in our churches. So God Almighty, we cry out to you for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we yield to you. We ask you tonight, Lord, to meet us. God, we all need a fresh impartation. Lord, we all need a touch. God, we all have areas where we're broken and we need to be healed. So Holy Spirit, come and do your work in our lives. Minister to our hearts. Encourage us, Lord. And we invite just a move of the supernatural even here tonight. Lord, you know us intimately. And Father, I pray that you speak to us intimately tonight. Lord, we want to know that we've been with you. So we just love you, Jesus. We love you, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, we embrace you tonight. Teach us to love you and to be sensitive to you. We're hungry to learn how to do it better and more, Lord. So come and help us in our weakness. Be our helper, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, give somebody a hug next to you before you're seated. Amen. We'll finish up those hugs. I feel like God wants to do something special tonight. Let me just begin by saying, and I know you all can say amen, but what a rich time it's been already. I especially love the illustration of the apostolic company. You know, this is an apostolic gathering, apostolic company. So grateful for Brother Rod and Mary. So grateful for Keith and Penny and for the tribe that we're a part of. Feel so loved and encouraged. And Daniel, I just appreciated uh, your testimony wherever Daniel's at. Uh, You know, I was just, there you are. I was just thinking, you know, um, how unusual it is in our day-to-day. You know, we live in a culture in the church today where it's a cancel culture. If you're ever vulnerable about who you are and the challenges that you face in many religious cultures, you get canceled. But I was just grateful you're in, a, you're in a tribe as well, an apostolic tribe with some great dad and great dad and mom where you can just say, I need some help. And, and I think how many pastors, we're in a rough time in America right now. Uh, pastors are falling by the wayside. Many pastors are burned out. Their churches are floundering and, and frustrated and all that kind of stuff. How many of you know God's always trying to process us to take us to the next level? And because it's his church and because he's so crazy about his church, his desire is never for our churches to fold up and die. It's always, his desire is always for our church to experience breakthrough. The challenge with breakthrough is he can't break through to the church until he breaks through in us. And uh, so the pressures and the challenges and everything that's going on are really de- designed by the Holy Spirit in this season, because how many know God's still on the throne? 
but it is a wake-up time for the church. And I have never felt um, more now than in the recent years in my life just a, a personal desperation that God has to enlarge me if he wants to do something great through our church locally. And, and, and so here we are tonight. You know, I love t- these times when we get away. I love being able to fellowship with folks. I maybe only see a couple and I know the fellowship is sweet. Amen. It's been wonderful. We thank everybody from Freedom Fellowship, and you guys are amazing. Thanks for, for caring for us like that. And, uh, but I feel like tonight, you know, we kind of ease our way in in terms of uh, getting some amazing teaching. Uh, and I want to build on that tonight. We talked about the ancient landmarks, a, a love for the Word of God and being con- uh, uh, faithful to the truth that God's given us, and also a love for Christ's church. How many of you know those two things right there are already two incredible foundation blocks that we need to get back to? I just feel like the, the Holy Spirit, even tonight, wants to awaken in some of your hearts in a fresh way a sense of passion for people again, and a, a, a holy jealousy for the church of Jesus to be bigger, better, stronger, more anointed, more in love than we've ever been. And I appreciate the, you, you brothers picking up on the fact that we're, you're in an a- atmosphere where there's a lot of esteem one for another. We really do love each other. I, I was kidding around with our people on Sunday. You know, people come in, they're new, and they're, they're staring at us and looking around because they sense this Holy Spirit pregnant environment where people love each other and they're waiting for the other shoe to land because they're not so sure it's real. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and that should be what our churches are like. They should, there should be stepping into an environment from another world. And we need the Holy Spirit to do that. And so I was just thinking in terms of this theme that our, our brother kicked off with this ancient landmarks with the word and with the love for the church and I want to talk tonight about hosting the Holy Spirit, how we host the Holy Spirit. You know, when you think about uh, the New Testament church, I think it was important to understand the connection between the church, church being Pentecost, because I think what God wants us to understand is that the harvest and the power to accomplish the harvest were wed together at Pentecost. And I can't think of an ancient landmark, an ancient foundation that's more important in the church than the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. There would be no church apart from the Holy Spirit. And any church that's the Lord's church is a church that loves the Holy Spirit and that moves in the Holy Spirit. And I really believe the Lord is in the process of taking his church back uh, from church people, from religious folks like me, from, from pastors who are trying to figure it all out and do it on our own way. But the thing that's important regarding this landmark of Pentecost is that it weds our mission with the means to accomplish the mission. And I like to remind people, you know, if we're not being stretched, if we're not having to believe God for something that if he doesn't show up, uh, it's not going to happen, we're, we're really not being the church. I mean, what sets us apart from social clubs is the fact that we need supernatural things to happen. And if God doesn't show up, we're not even being the church. We're, we're just being a, a religious organization. And, and so here's what I've noticed. You know, people right now that, that we're experiencing coming to Living Stones, people are hungry for the presence of God. And uh, if there's one thing we are focused, and I, t- I tell our people this when they come to church, this is not about us. If the Holy Spirit does not show up today, let's go home. 
This is about cultivating a place where God says, I want to come and be with those people. And when God comes and he's with his people, crazy, awesome, supernatural things happen. And you're just trying to keep up with God. You know, some of you know our story. When I first came to NRP, Brother Rod was comforting me because we had gone through a church explosion, uh, and I didn't like people, any people, a church people, any, any kind of people. I was discouraged and frustrated. And, uh, and I, I, I remember just being in a season where you just had to suck it up. And, and, and here's, the, here's the deal. You know, when you're in those seasons, God's trying to kill you, and, and he's giving you a Ph.D. in church leadership. Because until he kills you and gets you focused on the right reason about why you're there and gets you back in love with Jesus and back in love with people, instead of trying to build a ministry, you're trying to build people again. Uh, and God had to kill me of all my carnal uh, religious baptized dreams for how I was going to build a great ministry. And he just reminded me, I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in loving people. And I realized this was a huge shift for me that if I would just get back to the simplicity of loving Jesus and loving whoever happens to show up and not being worried about the folks that left and the folks that are attacking you and all that kind of stuff, if I just focus on loving who shows up and I love them well, guess what? They're going to experience God and be transformed and they'll go bring their friends who need to be loved. And before you know it, we'll have a movement of the Holy Spirit in our congregation. And so some of you know, we tried to be good, good citizens for a long time uh, with this COVID situation. But I quickly realized, because I had some insider news from uh, some folks that, uh, and the money people, that after the, our governor said two weeks, you know, flatten the curve two weeks, I was hearing that, we're, that, that the inside folks were already talking about this is going to go on for a year, year and a half. And I'm thinking, this ain't going on for a year, year and a half, uh, and we're going to be the church. And so we, we went along for a while, and nobody knew what was going on. And then we just said, you know what? The, how many of you know the governor of your state does not have authority over the church of Jesus Christ? <laughs> last time I checked, last time I checked, Jesus Christ is Lord of the church, and, um, and that's not their lane. So they got to stay in their lane, and we got to stay in our lane. But we opened up. And you know, last Sunday, and I, again, I'm telling you this because we haven't done anything different. This, I'm not going to share any secrets with you because we have none. We just showed up and we kept loving people and we kept preaching the gospel. But what happened is we're now approaching the quadruple mark in the last two years. Who would have who thought that God would have done something so exceptional in a season when nothing exceptional was happening in our culture? But this is what I found. We're experiencing now. It's like the day of Pentecost. How many of you know people came from all different backgrounds and spoke all different languages? Well, theologically, these people are speaking different languages. I mean, I'm having our starting point class for new members. You all know, have those classes. And we used to have, you know, maybe have them quarterly. And if we had, you know, 15, 20 people, we were excited. We're having 90 people showing up at a starting point class. Uh, and, and, and they're from they're from fundamental King James only Baptist at our church. Are you kidding me? I mean, mom, when the church was planted, we would, we were the cult. And now we've got fundamental Baptist King James only folks. And we have Dutch reformed people on this side. And, and I'm asking, and everybody in between, and they're asking questions. Well, what's your view on baptism? Well, I got the, I got the Baptists over here. I got the reform folks over here, and they're asking all these theological questions, 
that I already know because I'm at least sophisticated enough to know where this camp is and where this camp is. And, and here, here's what we're doing. We're saying, let's keep focused on Jesus and keep the main thing, the main thing. And I ask him this question, why are you here? You're here because the presence of God is real and tangible and you're experiencing something you quite can't put your theological parameters around. Now, how many of you know you're, you're in a good place when people are experiencing God and then having to figure out what happened? That's called the New Testament. That's the New Testament. So I want you to see this. When you cultivate and you, and you tell people you're standing, like when we transition from worship and we're making our transition in the next part of the service, what am I doing? I'm saying, Holy Spirit, we love you. Holy Spirit, come. Hey, let's focus on the Holy Spirit. One lady told me in our starting point class, she said this. She was as serious as can be, and it broke my heart. I laughed first because it's funny, but it's sad. It's just what she said. She said, until I came to this church, I didn't know the Holy Spirit went to church. She was serious as can be. We're having people tell us, now this breaks my heart. It has to break the Lord's heart. How can you be a part of church all your life? And come to a church and say for the first time, no, I've never heard our church talk about the Holy Spirit. Think about what Jesus must feel when his church doesn't focus on the member of the Trinity whose assignment. I mean, if, if we should be focused on any member of the Trinity right now, it's the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. And yet these people have no vocabulary for the Holy Spirit. So our job has been to try to just keep the Holy Spirit in the presence, to cultivate the presence, because here's what I'm finding. When people get touched by God, their defenses go down. And I want to encourage you, we intentionally bring in prophetic ministry. Now, I don't, when I say bring in prophetic ministry, I'm talking about special meetings, because here's what I found out. Don't cast your pearls before the swine, all right? You know who comes out for special meetings? People who are hungry for God. People who are hungry for more. And then I bring in some of our prophetic folks, Brother Rod. I bring in Joe. I bring in Ray. I, I bring in various voices in our, in our network. And we've got, I mean, we've got some amazing prophetic voices in this. Uh, Jerry Cochran. I mean, we've got some amazing prophetic voices. And our church has a deep prophetic well anyway. So when, the, when these guys come jump into our context, man, the river's already flowing. But how many of you know if you've never had somebody prophesy over you and you walk up to Joe Warner... And, and uh, you're kind of scared uh, you, for obvious reasons. Um, and, uh, and Joe starts just in a very natural way just sharing what God's, you know, showing him. And that person's mail gets read. How many of you know you got you to gotta shift your theology to explain what just happened to you that you don't believe is supposed to be happening today, but just happened, and you know it was God because he read your mail, and you are a mess because God touched that button that only God knows about. And, and so here's what we're, I'm standing up in a group this big teaching a five-fold ministry class and talking about the gift of prophecy and able to go up to people and say, can I just sh share your story with everybody? And, and one woman said, yeah, this, this prophet, she came to this meeting and the prophet said, you've had three crushing experiences in your life. One as a child and two as an adult, but God's healing you. I met with this woman a couple weeks after. She said she'd been in counseling for 20 some years. She grew up in fundamental Baptist situation. 
This man had never seen her before in his life. In fact, that was her first night at our church. And he just spoke to her about three crushing events that happened in her life. And, uh, and she said, even the language, I, that's the language I personally use to explain what happened to me. And I asked her, I said, did that make sense to you? She said, absolutely. As soon as he said it, I knew exactly what was happening. And then I said, did you feel like that was demonic? Was that discouraging or did that encourage you? She said, oh, I'm so encouraged. She had no framework to place it. She had no theological construct, but she had been encountered by the Holy Spirit. And in her heart, you know, so I'm standing in front of a whole room of all these Baptist, Reformed people, cessationists, and I just said, what do you do in that situation? Was that the Holy Spirit or was this the devil? And if it's the Holy Spirit, then I think we have to shift our theology because otherwise we're going to miss God. See, that's what I'm talking about. When the Holy Spirit's going ahead of us, we're just trying to keep up with him and explain what he's doing. If we try to explain him without his presence, we get into theological debates. But I love it when a fundamental Baptist gets rocked by the Holy Spirit. How do you explain it? All they know, I don't know what hit me. I just love it. I just love what God's doing. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we must have him. Now, in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says this about Jesus. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Notice that settling on him, remaining on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dear beloved son who brings me great joy. How many Jesus, the secret to his ministry is he learned how to be a carrier of the presence of God. Now, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm approaching my 60th birthday, and I still cry out, God, help me before I die. Before I die, help me to learn how to steward and host the Holy Spirit in this body right here. That, that's, my, that's my cry. I am hungry for more, and I feel like I'm behind the curve. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, how come this has taken me so long, Lord? And yet Jesus modeled for us what a human being full of the Holy Spirit could look like when the Holy Spirit rested on him. And so how about this? we got to learn to host his presence in our bodies, but we also have to learn how to host his presence in our buildings. But if you don't learn how to host his presence in you personally, You'll never see a corporate manifestation because it has to start with us as leaders. And so here's my point. The Holy Spirit has got to be our most important guest. Now, we've been in this debate before in our culture, you know, about seeker sensitivity and all this kind of stuff. And please hear me. We're trying to communicate to our culture, and we need to be sensitive to what's going on around us. We need to be cultural exegetes, all right? We need to be able to figure that out. But the most important person to show up at your church on Sunday is the Holy Spirit. And your people need to know it. You got to not be worried about offending people. Uh, you got to not be worried about preaching the truth that causes somebody to get stirred up. Because here's what I found too. When the Holy Spirit is present, he messes with people and he disarms them before the truth hits them upside the head. And then they're so much more easy to receive it. When the Holy Spirit's not there and you just beat people up with the word... That's when they don't receive it real well, and, and you get nasty people. But the Holy Spirit softens us. He, he makes us tender before God. 
And without his dynamic presence, we're just another social club. So follow, the, follow with me here a minute. You know, there's been a major shift, as I shared in my own heart, from just really loving people instead of trying to build something. I am trying to build something, but my default now is love people. And I loved, um, I think it was Chad over lunch was sharing that, you know, it, it's a transition and he's a new pastor. And, and, and so how is he leading? He's leading relationally first and foremost. He's loving on people. And, you know, I've heard pastors, they, they get in their prayer closet and they like come out and they get up on the stage and they're the man of God and they get back off the stage and they go hide. Uh, and there's something like spiritual about that. That's not spiritual. Jesus touched people. Now get in your prayer closet, but wake up early and get in your prayer closet. So when the people start showing up, you're out among the people. And you're hugging people, and you're communicating to people how much you love them and how valuable they are. And you're calling them by their name as much as possible, all right? Um, because it's about people. And people know when you love them, and people know when they're just sheep. Uh, and they're just showing up, and, and you have an agenda for them. So love them. So here, here's the marriage of two streams that I want to encourage. You know, the Reformation brought about the recovery of the centrality of the Word of God over tradition and mysticism and all the religiosity in the church, emphasis on recovery of the Word. But they threw out the Holy Spirit. Then you got the charismatic movement that came along, and most of us are products of that charismatic movement. I'm a product of that movement, which brought about the recovery of the person and the ministry and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But here's our problem as charismatics. We swung over to this side, and sometimes we, lo we left the word behind. And then you got all these evangelical churches that are all about the word, Bible study, Bible study, Bible study. But they lost the person that the word focuses on. And I mean, you know, the, the word of God, apart from the spirit of God, can make some really nasty, mean, religious, pharisaical people. But the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and cause the Word of God to read you instead of you reading it. It reads you and changes you and messes with you. And so Jesus said this in Matthew 22. Your, he said, your, your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. So how many of you know one without the other is incomplete? We can't just pursue the power and leave the Word behind. We can't leave the, uh, focus on the Word and leave the power behind. We must go after God and after the presence so that we see powerful ministry from the Word combined with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's what that, that is our inheritance as charismatics, all right? We can't, uh, we can't just recover part. We have to embrace the whole. Now, here's my, my big thing. We've got to help people understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I want you, those of you that are senior leaders, you are apostolic builders of the local church. In other words, you need to build with wisdom, and you need to get wisdom from God. So when we had this influx of people, all right, we were having a, imagine this. Again, this is not because there's anything special about me or, or, or our people or our place. This is a sovereign move of God. We were having 100 new people show up a month for a year and a half. I'm trying to get all their names and all these kinds of stuff. It's crazy. But imagine 100 people showing up who know nothing about the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? We, we did a series on our culture because, listen to me, the culture of your church, the spirit in your church, when you walk into the building at your church, what do people sense? Do they experience the love of Jesus? Is there a buzz in the atmosphere because people are excited to encounter God?
Are, are there people reaching out, being affectionate with one another? You know, my big guy over here, Matt, Matt, stand up because you're a good guy. I just want to highlight you today. What a great guy. When Matt came to our church, he said, I'm not a hugger. I said, <laughs> you will be. And, and we, kept, we kept hugging him. You know what? Now he's a mushball now. And people, people will tell me, you know, no, no, we don't do that in my church. The Holy Spirit is a hugger. I'm just telling you. The Holy Spirit is a lover. Are you guys with me on this? If your atmosphere is not healthy, you will not produce anything good. That's why we don't put up with murmuring and gossip and negativity and all this kind of stuff. We cut it off quick because you're not going to come pee in our pool. We're not going to swim in all that. You're not going to pee in our pool. We used to tolerate that. Listen, the pre how many know the Holy Spirit won't swim in that pool either? The Holy Spirit is looking for a place to land. He's surveying. The, the crowd, he's looking at local churches, and here, here's what I think he's saying. Who is going to welcome me, and where can I be at home in that place? Because how many know he can be quenched, and he can be grieved, and how we treat each other really, really matters. And so we major on keeping the main thing the main thing. We teach on the prophetic. We demonstrate the prophetic, and we say, Lord, how do we take these people from where they're at to the next step, to the next step, to the next step? In other words, there has to be strategy that the Holy Spirit gives us but the bottom line is this, we want people to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we talk about hosting the Holy Spirit really quickly here. Who's the sign person back there that's supposed to be waving sign? Oh, I can't see that sign. Give me sign language. How? 12 minutes. Hallelujah. Let's talk about hosting the Holy Spirit. How many know you want to have dynamic, Christ-centered worship and passionate expression? Because we want to usher in the presence of the Lord. Now, this is not a, this is, this is kind of a no-brainer. We'll go, yeah, we get that. But I'm saying you need to strike oil in worship. In other words, the, we need to get to the Holy Spirit's heart in worship. And there needs to be a sense, you know, I, we hear this all the time. New people will come and cry through the entire service. How does that happen? Is there a formula for that? It's the presence of God. People that have never encountered the Holy Spirit think they're having an emotional breakdown. It's awesome. It's awesome. They're like, Pastor, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't hold it together. I, my, my wife looked over at me. She said, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? I don't know. I, I don't. Men crying. That's just God. But it's because we welcomed him, because we look forward to meeting him. And then I want to say this. You've got to have loving relationships because if there's not an atmosphere of love the holy spirit's not going to land he's a dove and when i'm not treating how about this i love what you guys shared about ministering out of the overflow of your family if i'm not loving my wife i'm not god's anointed man because she's going you ain't that anointed because i saw you before you came to church and uh I didn't feel the anointing on that tone of voice. <laughs> and my kids, you know, why do we lose so many kids in the church? So here's the deal. You get to cry a lot. You get to repent a lot. And you get to let the Lord change you from the inside out. Because you want the Holy Spirit to be able to hang out on the inside. 
So I love it when people lay it all out there. You know, Jesus, I got, I got to move on. In John chapter 20, when Jesus is uh, commissioning the disciples, something interesting happens. It says when he showed them his scars, they believed. I was reading that on the airplane coming here, and the Lord said this, because we, we just preached on shame, and it was a holy mess. Because the church is full of shame and brokenness and sexual sin. And uh, the Lord said this, Jesus showed them his scars, and they believed. He said, if you'll show people your scars, they'll believe. Again, what do we see in churches? Praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Everything's great. When we know everything ain't great. In fact, I got I, let me help you out. In our starting point classes, we just look at everybody and we say, look, we know you all share one thing in common. You're all messed up. We share that with our new people. Instead, we say, you know what? So quit playing. You're in a safe place. Let's get healed. Because we can only minister out of the degree that we've experienced God and been healed ourselves. So let's quit playing around. At our encounter weekends, what happens? Our leaders who were all broken and messed up show their scars. And here's the cool thing. When you've been healed, your scars are a testimony of the goodness and kindness of God. And it brings hope to other people. Because they say, I can be healed too. So we got loving relationships. We preach the gospel. And how about this? You must have personal transformation. You know what's happening now? I kept wondering, is this, is this phenomenon going to end? Are people going to stop coming like this? And then I realized it's not stopping. And you know why it's not stopping? Because people are getting rocked by the Holy Spirit. And they're being changed. And you know what they do when they're changed? They go tell 10 people. And they start showing up. And the Holy Spirit hits them. And so here's where we're at. It's just, I feel like we're, we're in the beginning of the fulfillment of so much that was prophesied over our life. Some of you have had prophecies over your church. And I got to the place where I said, I don't want any more prophecies. Because every time I get a good one, I spend 10 years in hell. In other words, here's what God's going to do. And then it goes the opposite. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I didn't want to hear any more prophecies, but I just want to encourage some of you. The winds are shifting, and the Holy Spirit's looking for a place to land. Our culture is rapidly accelerating in the wrong direction, and we're in deeper, you know what, than we know. But it's nothing for the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's a divine setup, and I believe we're getting set up for one of the greatest harvests that the world has ever seen. And, uh, and so growing people and multiplying leaders and creating apostolic networks of people that share and love and support each other. It's going to be invaluable for the net that God's putting together for what's coming. And I just want to tell you, get ready. But there's a sense of seriousness because it's like the spirit and the bride say, come, like we're saying, Lord, we want more. We need more. There's a, there's a, a depth that God's wanting to produce in us as, as leaders as you all know, does not happen easily. It, it happens with pain and processing, but it happens when we're honest and we're genuine. So let's do this. Let's not worship the past. As charismatic, sometimes we, go, we talk about the glory days. I mean, you know, as soon as you're looking in the past, 
You can't even see what God's doing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, the Lord says. It's not going to always look like the past. So don't try, here's another caution. Don't try to recreate something that happened 30 years ago because that's not how the Lord's moving right now. Meet people where they're at. Always provide opportunities for impartation and for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit can do. And stay hungry and stay thirsty and stay humble and stay teachable and stay broken before God. And listen, some of you need to get in your pulpit and just be real with what you've gone through and the struggles. Because I found this too. People can relate to my pain a whole lot bit more than they can relate to my successes. And so we just let it all hang out. And this is what I hear people say. I've never been at a place where people are so real. That's what this culture is longing for. So we got to take off our charismatic wineskins from the past, chuck them in the garbage. God's doing a new thing. And then let's cry out for a fresh move of God because the Holy Spirit loves to bless our generation just like he did generations ago. And I believe, I think it was uh, Brother Rod that was prophesying over the, the men that were up front the, on the first night. But I'm going to say that I think it's for all of us. Your best days are ahead of you. And the greatest move of God in your ministry is not behind you. It is ahead of you. And so let the faith of God fill your heart. Let the Holy Spirit touch you in a fresh way. Open your spirit up tonight to impartation because that's what we're going to do next. And just begin to cry out. If you're, if you're just dry and you're numb and, and you're just in a bad place, the Holy Spirit resurrects dead things, including my heart and your heart. So let's ask him for an awakening tonight. Let's pray that, that while we've been here together, the Holy Spirit leaves something tangible and powerful in our spirits that is going to change us. Like, like this gathering tonight with the Holy Spirit. Is a, is a turn, it's, a, it's something fresh that's put into our spirits. And Lord, I just pray right now, and then we're going to cut you loose. I pray you break off a spirit of heaviness, weariness, frustration. Uh, Lord, where there's a sense of brokenness with your church and, and even just a weariness to know how to go on, a feeling like we keep hitting our head on the ceiling. Lord, we break the power of that off of your people. God, I prophesy a fresh wave, a fresh move. God, a fresh sense of passion and love for you and for your church. God Almighty, meet us tonight. Lord, we're nothing apart from you. And so we cry out to you right now. Awaken us, God. I think in this network, Lord, there's so much that you're wanting to do. There's so much hope and life and blessing to be released through the wine in this network. God, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Do what only you can do tonight, Father. In Jesus' name. Pastor Chris is going to explain kind of how we're going to move and, and where we're going to get staged. But, but I just, my, my, my heart cry tonight is just that the passion in our hearts as leaders would be, how do I cultivate an environment where the Holy Spirit comes and he abides, not only on me, but upon our people. So Lord, help us to do that in Jesus' name. Pastor Chris.